Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hi, you're listening to the Wall Street Oasis podcast, a podcast about breaking into the world of finance, along with interviews with those who have. I'm Alex, and today I'm sitting with John Householder, and John's a first-year student at UCLA Business School. You've got a great background, John. You worked in investment banking and private equity, and you're going to have a cool summer internship this summer, and so we'll get into all that, so welcome. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision. And it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Oh, definitely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you went to UCLA undergrad, right? Yeah. Grew up in LA, went to UCLA undergrad, and kind of never really left the general area. Lucky so, you. Yeah. And so they call you a double Bruin. Yep, double Bruin. Actually, yeah, MBA process was pretty simple. Wanted to be L.A. long term, knew that. Had a family too, so not really trying to leave L.A. Knew UCLA was going to be the best place to find a job for me in L.A. So really only applied here and happy when I got in. Yeah, I was kind of the same kind of thing. But family, you mean wife and kid, right? Yeah, wife, kid, was born in April, so have a little infant. And yeah, trying to balance all that. So Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of unique in business school. There aren't a lot. There's a, there's plenty of people that are in relationships and plenty of married people. I'm married, uh, but there aren't that many parents, right? Yeah, definitely. And um, I'd say it just changes your outlook on what you're trying to achieve. And I think with everything, just being clear on what you want. For me, it's trying to see what that kind of other side is and trying to figure out balancing my priorities with family, time, commitment, all that stuff. And yeah, just focused on that, seeing if I could find something better, if I like what I was doing and just trying to take this time to really balance all those things. Right. Seeing what's out there. That's definitely a huge part of business school. So let's start right after you graduated from UCLA. Then you went to work for Great LA Investment Bank, Molis. Yeah, definitely. It was UCLA went through what we had at the time, kind of an investment banking workshop, where it's about 20 of us who we had kind of our own mentors taught us all the kind of lingo, how to study, how to prepare and go through the interview process, which was super beneficial for me and was able to do that for the summer. I actually worked in New York for UBS and then kind of came back to LA because wanting to be here long term, New Molis was just a wonderful platform here. And able to lateral there and really had an amazing two years and learned a lot, worked a lot of hours, but um, definitely a good trade-off for me at the time. Yeah. And were you doing a lot of media deals? Uh, probably about 50% media, at least at Molus is pretty generalist. And I'd say with that and generally with anything, um, is more of where you wanted to pursue yourself in terms of 
they're always saying who had the most capacity and gave us work for that. But at least for me, I had specific people I wanted to work for. So I definitely made sure to build those relationships, network with them, and then try to get on those deals. So early on, I was working a lot in media, but there was someone in tech, kind of SaaS, who I really enjoyed and was a mentor to me. So made sure to kind of work with him more as a second year there. Sure. So then how did things progress there? And then tell us what happened. Yeah. So really, like I said, I knew the trade-off there. And I'd say at Molus, it was you work a lot of hours, but they're going to help you land a really good job. And I knew that going in. Definitely worked a lot of hours where I'd say for my summer, I might have been averaging like 120 hours. So had all those kind of sleeping in my car at night, pulling all-nighters, all that stuff you hear of. But, you know, they also helped me a lot land my job. When, for me, I was focused in L.A., so when I was going through the recruiting um, MBA rec- or sorry, private equity recruiting is pretty simple in the fact that you have headhunters coming up for you. It's a very set kind of path that you go to where they're giving you interviews and all that. But when I was able to go through those processes, it was a very kind of open relationship with my bosses that I was going through the interviews they knew. And also uh, Brentwood Associates, where I did end up, there was a lot of connections with the partners at Molus with Brentwood, and they were able to put calls on my behalf and kind of rep for me. And that really, I think, got me over to actually getting that job. So you did the buy side recruiting. Yeah. It's like six months into the into the job, right? It's or eight months. Yeah. The big one kicks off six months at least for us and it always moves a little bit, but you kinda have those massive funds, whether it's like KKR, TPG, LPG, um, all those or sorry, not LPG, Leonard Green, um, kind of go off exact same time. And then from there some of the smaller funds kind of continuously go on for me. So I think for us, probably half of our analyst class ended up at those kind of more or less mega funds. And then I signed in April. So that might have been like eight months. So about like a month or two after that. And then a few other people ended up at some of those kind of mezzanine debt funds, whether it's Oak Tree had a middle market lending platform or a few others that kind of were a couple of months after me. Right. And for everyone who doesn't quite understand that that recruiting process, you start the job, you're there for six months private equity funds come to you. They say, we have this great job. It doesn't start for 18 months, but sign up now. We'll give you all this money, more money than you're making now, less hours than you're working now. All sounds great. All the investment banking analysts sign those offers. They go back to their (laughs) investment bank and they finish their analyst program the rest of the 18 months, right? Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic. And I think it creates a lot of issues with just generally that entire industry because you have all these people who have amazing jobs just got their great offer and now you have to keep them working for another year and a half and like how that dynamic really plays out i think is more on each person individually whether they want to slack or whether they want to keep on like trying to get the top bucket for their bonuses but yeah it's definitely a very interesting environment where even through the interview process you barely know anything and you're already kind of interviewing for your next job so uh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, and so then you went to Brentwood, and that's another strong L.A. established firm focused on consumer-type businesses. Yeah, definitely focused on consumer, and I'd say it goes fairly broad in terms of they're always, like any private equity fund, wherever they can see they can make money, definitely will go there. But in terms of what their niche, kind of where they differentiate itself, it's kind of consumer, retail, direct marketing, and really – being able to bring kind of that quantitative toolkit and understanding of marketing analytics in retail channels and being able to grow those. So a lot of the times we were working with 
founders, upstart companies, and really helping them launch new sales channels, whether it's a really good direct marketer who had a catalog campaign and helping them launch retail stores, or I worked on a company where they had a large retail presence and trying to build out e-commerce, direct marketing, those types of things. So definitely really enjoyed it. It was growth investing, so it wasn't a lot of that kind of taking out headcount, major efficiencies where, you know, it's a little not as happy-go-lucky dealing with management teams, but you're really working with them to partner, grow the brands, and really kind of increase that entire, like, business. So I think everyone was really excited to have us as a partners, and it was fun to work there. Yeah, that sounds great. So you are, you're on the 222 path. Yeah, well, yeah, 232. 232. So tell everyone what that means, too. Yeah, so usually the standard path is you do your two years of investment banking. Everyone goes to private equity, like you're saying. And then usually after three years, you get your MBA, mainly because just there's so many really qualified associates in private equity, and they don't have great spots for all of them to continue on there. So usually just the natural path is for them to get their MBA and then kind of come back and recruit for private equity. And for me... um, that was definitely the, the standard path. And I'd say if you're going in the finance route, there's certain particular time, just like I think consulting, where it's you get your MBA now or you don't type of thing. So, And I think that was the decision for me. I had an opportunity to stay on long-term at Brentwood Associates, but for kind of a number of reasons, if you want to go into, I decided MBA was probably the best choice for me at the time. Yeah, I definitely want to go into it because a lot of people look at it at these mega funds like you were talking about is they yeah. have to go to business. Yeah, school. definitely. Like there is no option to stay, but you're saying you had an option to stay. So talk us, talk us through that. Yeah. And I think for me, it's generally what I'm looking for in life in terms of like, I'm definitely more of a risk adverse person. And another thing if private equity, it's very competitive to make partner. You know, if you think about it, just like take a giant step back, um, our fund, there's, you know, we're, going to be our next fund's going to be about a billion dollars we have four or five partners and we do two deals a year so over a life of a fund you're going to do 10 deals so every partner just needs to do two deals over kind of four or five years and that's pretty doable in terms of kind of what they need they don't need another partner that just does the same thing they do they need someone who's unique who has certain traits and who can either launch a new vertical, whether, you know, we don't have a large amount of food presence, I bring that or other areas of the business to really say, like, I should be a partner in this fund. So at least for me, I knew if I wanted to be in private equity, I wanted to build a certain skill set and not just uh, have that strong quant background, which I looked at the entire kind of employee pool that we had, which was all same exact background with me, investment banking, private equity, works a ton of hours, you know. You really need to think back, think about your skills and feel like you can bring something new to the table. And that's one of the reasons I want to get my MBA, just broaden that skill set and think more broadly about what I could bring to the table. Right. And do you think you're getting those skills now? You're yeah, I definitely think Yeah, I think I'm a year through. And I think it really comes to taking the most advantage out of this time. Really, I'd say everyone comes to MBA and does their first quarter and gets pulled in a million different directions and it takes that to figure out what you really want. And I think for me, a lot of it is, is taking those times to learn a lot about a different new industries, being able to visit companies in food or in retail, see what they're doing or learn more about operations, supply chains, other things that you don't really touch in private equity because you're so focused on just the quant sometimes that you get lost about just those general business principles that I think 
can be very important as you think about long term as because um you know in private equity as in finance generally the role in analyst or associate is much different than the role in partner in terms of like you need to be networking with people you need to know about business and what's going to get people to want you to invest in them is you bring some to the table not just you can value them appropriately so that's really what i'm working on and interested in and really enjoyed it yeah and so before we started recording mm-hmm. you were talking about taking marketing classes and you have this pretty cool internship yeah lined up for the summer so what's that yeah so i'm working with wonderful company which is kind of a business that owns a lot of different consumer brands whether it's fiji waters justin wines wonderful pistachios and a few other brands and working in their internal strategy group so it's kind of taking a little bit of what i did at brentwood since we were growth investing helping companies grow and solve those challenges but doing it more full-time with not just a kind of quant focus but more of that strategy focus because a lot of the people there are kind of ex Bain, BCG, McKinsey folks. So being able to work under them and talk through and work on an eight-week project, whether thinking someone worked previously working on Fiji Waters International strategy of going to different countries or working on pricing strategy for a new kind of product for them. And thinking through those types of challenges is going to be interesting for me, kind of broaden, again, that toolkit and understanding of how business works. Absolutely. And also going very deep on one particular... Yeah, definitely. And just, yeah, that's one of the interesting things of as going back to as I think how I can be successful long term, thinking about a new vertical that I'm interested in and that Brentwood Associates doesn't really have for me. I think that's food and like learning a lot more about that industry and just how a company like Wonderful, which is very successful in that entire vertical, looks at things and values things and trying to bring that back. Right. So do you think a summer internship gives you enough experience that you can go back to Brentwood after graduating and have some food interest knowledge or do you do you kind of you kind of need more than 8 weeks right yeah you definitely need more than 8 weeks and i think for me you know it's it's that balance of you know one trying to try something new and i i think i joined a company where i could really see myself long term and um do that but also being able to just start on that path and i think as you think about how I'd be successful in private equity would be going to trade shows, building with network and network with other executives and starting with that experience at wonderful company. You could always continuously talk to more people and build that knowledge, you know, kind of that entire network of executives that you can build on as you continue in your career. So, so it sounds like everything is just going directly according to plan here. Yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting. It's definitely according to plan in terms of probably how I looked at myself, you know, when I came in, I'm definitely excited about that. And really, I think that's a testament to the kind of program at Anderson of, you know, having all the things you need to be successful. But I'd say also the interesting thing is you learn a lot about the different things out there. And at least for me, which I feel like it's a pretty natural reaction there's always the grass is greener of there's some awesome job with awesome hours and awesome pay. And I think this process has enlightened to me a little bit that those options, you know, those options aren't as numerous as you think. And being able to be a little bit more thoughtful about where you want and being able to take a step back and see what's really out there to focus more on what you want to do long term and also have a better understanding of what's out there and what you could possibly be doing has been really valuable for me as I kind of take that next step and focus on what I want to do long-term and kind of eliminate a little bit of the noise out there. 
Absolutely. That all that all sounds like great reasons for coming to business school. And it sounds like everything's going just great. Yeah, definitely happy. Have you been involved in social stuff or has it kind of just been pretty pretty like formulaic, like come get these internships and then go home to your family? Yeah, for me, I'm trying to figure out the social stuff. It's definitely much harder as you imagine with a kid. And probably I, I eliminate a lot of the nighttime activities just because my kid falls asleep at eight. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of daytime stuff, whether it's weekends, going to the beach, going. We have Anderson Afternoons where kind of everyone hangs out and, and drinks and, you know, has a happy hour here on campus. And probably I hang out at those things much more than kind of the late night. And that's really where I've built the social just because, like, I, I have a kid. I'm a different part of my life. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm not going to be the one at the bar till two or three type of thing. But, yeah, I've definitely been enjoying it, making friends and, you know, having those kind of standard experiences, you know, a little probably tamed down than the normal person. Sure. Uh, so this has been great. I'll get you out of here on this. What's your favorite part of, of business school so far? Yeah, I think my favorite part of business school is just been the classes and just getting to know a lot of different people, you know, coming from investment banking, private equity, you sit in the, you're sitting with all investment bankers, all quantitative people, all same exact framework and having that opportunity to talk with people in marketing, consulting, tech and all those different things and seeing how they think about stuff, how they solve problems, I think really opens up your mindset with how people work and also being able to just think through what they're doing and what you can bring to the table. Cause if you sit in the room with just all the same people as you, you kind of get a little narrowed on your focus and just what the right way is and focused on what the most important things are, which could be drastically wrong when you think about interfacing with the business and those types of just interactions, group projects, classes have been uh, definitely really interesting to me. They kind of brought in my just mindset on everything. Yeah. Well, I think we got a title for the podcast, <laughs> How to Get Broad with John. Yeah, I'd like it. Yeah, so thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Appreciate I really, it. I really enjoyed speaking with you. All right. Thanks, John. And thank you for listening. If you like listening to this, you should subscribe. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it at wallstreetoasis.com. We have more podcasts coming for you. They're all free. We'll be back soon with another great guest. See you then.